What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Getting Blitz with Terrain and Andrew. I am Terrain. And I am Andrew. It's time to get blitzed. Thank you guys for joining us this week. Uh, anything new going on with you before we start the show? You, you doing good? Everything all right? Well, everything's going great. Um going to be starting a crash diet in here in a few days hopefully i can uh, shed some lbs oh um, what's what does the diet entail uh very low calorie diet and i'm gonna be popping some hormones in my body to speed things up oh well lucky. <laughs> sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta lose those carbs and get those uh Get those hormones in there. I don't know. I I've never <laughs> done do one weird. where I, I've never <laughs> done a diet where I had to inject hormones into myself. I'm not injecting them. There's a dropper. A oh, dropper. there's a dropper. You drop them yeah. into your mouth or your eyes. What are you? How are you doing this? In my butt. No. Um, oh. In my mouth. <laughs> um, Man, I, I, I was really gotta... hoping that that was the, that was the. I was really hoping that's what it was. Yeah, I have Kim do it. I just it gets weird. Um, Kim's oh, my sure. wife, by the way. So <laughs> no, I thought I thought Kim was just a, a rando that you met like briefly. <laughs> Yo, Kim, and and then you now are like, could you please inject these hormone droplets into me? That'd be great into my butt. Um, yeah. So on the topic of personal lives, I saw you got a couple new kitties. I did. I got two adorable new cats. I mean, I got them a couple weeks ago, but uh, Charlotte and Desmond, they're wonderful additions to my family. Uh, I love them very much. Uh, Desmond has uh, what I think is cat ADD, where he can't concentrate on anything for any given amount of time. And Charlotte's a chatterbox. So uh, I'm a pretty big fan of these kitty cats here. Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, for sure. So you want to get into some sports? Yeah, why not? Might as well. All right, let's get into it. It's going to be a relatively short show because, you know, it's not, not nothing too crazy is going on. We have um, Big Ben airing his apologies to, <laughs> and uh, Antonio Brown not caring about them. We've got Ruben Foster, who's out for going to be out for the year with an ACL tear, I think it was. But we're going to go – I just wanted to put the, point those two things out because they're happening, and I thought that's – interesting i guess but but not like not crazy newsworthy but i do want to talk about the nba playoffs we've got the west that's happening tonight um we've got uh the Washington. sorry so the, the warriors up three games to none and looking to close out the series so my question to you do they close it out today i think they do i think that the way that they've been playing is just completely deflating um, to the Trailblazers, who are a very good team, and you go into a series without KD, you probably have a little bit of hope if you're them. But then they just reverted back to their old selves. You have Draymond Green apparently turning it on, realizing he's still a good player. Uh, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry just taking over. So I just think at this point, the Trailblazers have to be a bit down on themselves. They have to be realizing that their time is coming. They're just not good enough to take down the Warriors. So I think you're going to see a clean sweep tonight. I think that's, I think that's very fair. I think the brooms are definitely going to come out tonight. I, I mean, all credit to the Blazers. They fought hard to get where they are. They went through people that we didn't think they were going to go through. 
Um, and then you look at their series against uh, the Warriors, where the Warriors are just a better team. It's it's nothing. It's nothing against the Blazers. The Warriors are just a better team. And I mean, if you look at you look at the games that we've had, Game One was a blowout essentially. Game Two was really close, including with uh, Steve Kerr saying uh, they outplayed us. We stole that from them, um, but. <laughs> The Warriors, I mean, that's what's going to happen. You have to watch out. The Warriors are going to play all uh, the entire game. They're going to make sure that they get their opportunities. And if they get their opportunities, they're deadly. It's a lethal team. And then you look at their, um, you look at uh, game three where Portland led like up until essentially the third quarter, until like late third quarter. And then the Warriors go, uh, they do what the Warriors do, which is just make a flurry of baskets that you can't stop no matter what you do. Um, it's it's rough for the Blazers to be going through this. They're a really good team, I would, I would say. But, I mean, you're going up against the juggernauts and the Warriors. And be, let's be clear, they didn't need KD to win a championship before. They might not need him to win one now. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think it's really interesting, actually, to the rest of the league because – Obviously, you still knew the Warriors were a very good team, but I I think you kind of forgot how talented they were, even without Kevin Durant on the team. So, I mean, they're they're back to their old ways, and how do you beat the team? And then if KD comes in in the finals, I mean, game, set, match, in my opinion. But this kind of goes, I I don't know, but this kind of goes back to the time when KD was on, was it on CJ McCollum's podcast? Or yeah. was it, yeah, when he said <laughs> like, McCall, I'm pretty sure. yeah, he's like, you and Lillard are really, you're really talented, but you're hard to guard, but you guys just don't have it. You're not going to beat us. And he tried to say, you know, we got a chance. We have the players, but it's showing that you don't have the players. They, I feel like they need another piece to their puzzle yet to really compete. See, they're in the, they're in the really shitty position of being a good Western conference team. Because it doesn't matter if you're a good Western Conference team if you have to go through the Warriors to get to the finals. That it just it ends up not mattering to anything. They're a they're an unstoppable force. And unfortunately, the Blazers are the next victim in just the the slaughter that is going up against GSW. I mean, you you're taking a look. They they and, and I mean, to the credit of the Clippers and the Rockets, they took six ga- they they took it to six games, which in my opinion is surprising that they got that far, at least for the Clippers. Maybe not necessarily for the Rockets, but for the Clippers for real. And then now you're seeing Portland and it's just there, it's they're too on. They're they're on right now, and there's no one out there that can stop them. Not the Blazers. I don't think anyone that comes from the East can stop them either. No, I don't think so either. Uh, ultimately, I don't know who is going to be coming out of the East. It's really a toss-up to me. I'm leaning towards the Bucks at this point over the Raptors, but either team, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, you have the Greek Freak and you have Kawhi, who is very solid. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> if you match them up on one of the guys, they still have two or three other options that can score on you at any point, being Golden State. So, I mean, it's... To me, it's just going to be another championship parade for Golden State. Yeah, I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be celebrating a ring in California. Let's move. Let's move to the to the other side of the of the other side of the playoffs with the East. You know, we have 
the Bucks taking on the Raptors. They went up two games to none. Um, and then last night there was a uh, game played in Toronto in which you saw the Raptors win in double overtime by six. Uh, so you you're leaning towards Bucks. What do you think? Uh, what do you think you've seen of the series so far? And what do you think the Raptors need to do to 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 capitalize on the win they had at home in order to try to hold on and keep this a series? Yeah, so it's it's really it's really the Kawhi Leonard show in Toronto, which you know that when you made that trade for him, that you're going to live and die with Kawhi. But it's at, at what point do you? just kind of tell yourself that Kawhi may not be enough because Kyle Lowry is <laughs> he's Kyle Lowry. So he's going to be, he's either going to do great or he's going to just disappear. So yeah. I, I feel like much like the Portland trailblazers that the Raptors just need that one more other superstar. Uh, Gasol's very good player, but he, I wouldn't consider him a superstar anymore. Um, I'd still consider him a good player though. Uh, Danny Green is a great player, a great three point shooter. I mean, not a great player. So, right. I mean, that's I'm like, good to have on your let's squad. Slow your roll real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I just think they're like a player away. So, I do think that right now you're really just seeing Giannis come into his own. And I think that, you know, how do you stop Giannis? He's a machine. He's <laughs> puts up 17, almost 20 rebounds a game and scores, does whatever he wants. So, I, I just think it's a it's more of a case of the Bucks just being really good than it is the Raptors being a bad team. But yeah, I think I think they add another player in there and they'll be back next year. Well, see, I'll say this about this series. Uh, I will admit, after watching like the first two games, where I mean, Bucks won by eight in the first, but then dominated in game two, winning by like twenty two. I was I was wondering, I'm like, how are the Raptors going to be able to, to you know, turn this into a series? Are they going to be able to? And then I, I watched a lot of that game last night. Um, I had to stop watching. I had, like, I had to, like, compartmentalize because it was also, like, during the uh, during Game of Thrones, the, the last episode there. So I had to, like, you know, I was watching it on my cell phone while I'm watching Game of Thrones <laughs> elsewhere. And it's like, I watched that game. I'm like, I feel like they, they could have... Uh, during that game, stepped on the gas, done something to get themselves a little bit of a a little bit of a gap between this team. But it was diff- definitely difficult watching. It's like they seemed to keep. I don't know. They they allowed the Bucks to stay in that game longer than they should have been able to stay in that game. In my mm-hmm. opinion, I think the Raptors led like most of that game. They really like absolutely most of the game they led and then they almost lost it in the in the second ot period where they were they started falling behind but like sorry they like fell behind by a little bit but it's it's it was a closer game than they should have allowed it to be so if you're going to be doing that and you're doing that at home and like keep in mind this is you know Giannis had Giannis didn't do very well in that game he uh was guarded by by leonard who was not letting up wasn't letting him in the paint uh the shots that he took weren't great. He went like five for 16 with 12 points, but he's mm-hmm. still able to throw 23 rebounds into it and also dish out seven assists. And four uh, blocks so, to go with it. 
four blocks to go with it. So, I mean, you're still, it's, it's very tough to completely shut down a player like Giannis. And then they do have some other shooters on that team, but luckily for, luckily for the Raptors, it wasn't in the cards for them tonight. Now, is it, are they, are the Raptors going to be able to tie the series up on, on, on Tuesday? I really don't know. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to, if they're going to be able to tie this up and turn this into a, into a legitimate competitive series. Yeah, I think what you kind of hit the nail on the head, what kind of has to scare you if you're a Raptors fan is they drop the first two and then they're at home and it takes them two overtime periods to even get the win and they should have won by a wider margin. So even if, say, they do take the next game, it's still in Milwaukee's favor because they still have a home court advantage and they're playing Mm. you tooth and nail on your own court. So, I mean, that and like you said even when you shut down Giannis, you don't really shut down Giannis. Like he had 12 points, but he still had 23 rebounds. Yeah. Um, It kind of takes me back to something that Brett Brown said when the Sixers played him earlier in the season is they're like, yeah, we we think we contained him pretty well. And he still put up like 30 or 40 points. So it's like, he's just that (laughs) level of player that it's like, even if, even when you contain him, you don't contain him. He is, he is, in in all in in the sincerest like compliment that I can, he is a freak. His the his body proportion, like his body's ability to he's like six foot eleven. His wingspan is ridiculous. He can take off from like the almost the foul line and and jam at home. It's it's very difficult to to deal with that kind of player. And for the first couple of games, the Raptors didn't were, weren't able to do it. Now were they able to do it offensively for the for the most part on um uh, yesterday on Sunday? Absolutely. But were they? I mean, they they it's you're not going to be able to keep this guy down. Like you're not, and it's going to be very difficult for them to um deal with this series with this kind of player who even though okay fine i'm not going to score 30 i'll get 23 rebounds and dish out seven dish the ball out to you know my to my teammates he can beat you in a number of ways he can't beat you from the perimeter so they need to keep playing him and making him a perimeter player but he's still got a bunch of tricks up his sleeve yeah and i mean and as good as he is i i think come finals you're going to see you're still going to see the Warriors game plan him out of the series. I mean, he's still going to have a, he's still going to be dominant. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But he's not going to be good enough to beat the Warriors. I don't think. No, no. But we'll talk I, on I, that when we get there. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think you're right, but we'll, we'll definitely speak. Get there. Let's move on to um, our final topic. Uh, we wanted to chit chat about um, the jets. Uh, things aren't, <laughs> things seem like for lack of a better term, they're imploding over there. What do you see? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jets going Jet. So <laughs> from from top to bottom, everything is just going wrong. They they have a GM. They make him. They they allow him to go out and make these big free agent signings. He signs Le'Veon Bell. He signs C.J. Mosley. Um, I believe he tried to sign Anthony Barr as well. But he's throwing money around. They allow him to make the number three overall pick last year in Sam Darnold. And then this year, all of a sudden, they decide to cut him loose after the draft and free agency, which is really weird timing if you're going to cut a GM. Um, yeah. Typically, you see it happen before that, so the new guys can make the decision. So, uh, but yeah, they signed Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Adam Gaze, their coach, apparently didn't want them to sign Le'Veon Bell, or let alone any running back. So now there's um, news that they may even ship 
Le'Veon Bell out, which is silly. Yeah, Adam Gase is not a guy who likes to spend a lot of money on a on a halfback. From what I from what I recall reading about, he seems to be a guy who wants to like. He doesn't seem to want. He was not happy with the Le'Veon Bell deal. He's not happy with giving a uh, running back that amount of money. Um, but at the same time, he's he's been a head coach in Miami with not much success there. Uh, I, what do you think of Adam Gase being the one call essentially calling a decent amount of the shots over in New York? I mean, like you said, he didn't have much success in Miami. Um, I really don't think I don't really like Adam Gase as a coach, as a head coach, maybe as a coordinator, but as a head coach, I, I wouldn't want him as my guy. Um, he had a less he had a less than five hundred in my record in Miami, and really what he's been able to get jobs off of in the past few years was from his time as quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator on the Broncos, which just happened to be during the time that Peyton Manning was there. Okay, so he had success in in Denver with Peyton. Um, so that's that's good, but you had Peyton, so not great i guess i don't know i mean um, obviously it's good but it, it doesn't you're really you're riding his coattails off of that to try to build something and people are buying into it kind of like how everyone's jumping on the sean mcveigh train that well, well this guy was sean mcveigh's um uh real estate agent and we really want him as our head coach <laughs> now because he's a guru it's like oh okay <laughs> no i i mean i'm with you i don't necessarily i mean i don't I don't understand what the benefits of having Adam Gase be the one making all of these uh, incredibly important decisions. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't, he's, he's not a guy that strikes me as a really good, like he's going to be a good, like a really good coach. I don't see it. Um, we didn't see it when he was in Miami though. You know, Miami had their own host of issues with, continuing to rely on Tannehill when Tannehill went down, they didn't know where to go. Um, they, they, they had, they, they're, a, they're an interesting team, but I just, I don't know if it's a good idea to make it public that you didn't. And I know he didn't make it public himself, but giving like any sort of statements, bad mouthing players that you have signed is not a good strategy to try to win football games in what honestly could be a short tenure in New York if you're not doing well? Yeah, no, for sure. So on one hand, it completely ro- uh, lowers the morale of the team. It- it's really hard to look at a player and say, yeah, you know, I want you to play for me. I want you to go out there and give it your all. But I really didn't want you to be here in the first place. Right. So that- that's, that's weird. Like- that's like wondering why the LA Lakers are, aren't playing well after Magic Johnson essentially said, I'll trade you all for a refrigerator and Anthony Davis. <laughs> yeah, it's almost the exact same situation. And, <laughs> it's like, it's and like also, what, they, what do you mean they don't really want to play very hard for you? You didn't give them the environment to want to do that. <laughs> and it also, at the same time, you're destroying all your leverage if you were to try and trade him. So people know you don't want him. They know that he's going to be disgruntled now. So you're destroying any type of leverage that you may get to try to trade him away. So it's really a lose-lose in my mind. And even if you didn't want him, you know, try to keep that in-house, even if you're not the one who leaked it. But 
try to keep it in house because at the end of the day, he is still one of the best running backs in the league. And I'm sure you yeah. can find somewhere in your system for him to flourish. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a dual threat running back. Got more patience than in, in any running back I think I've ever seen in my time on earth watching football games. I don't understand. I mean, he is a an all-around fantastic player. He's an all-pro. He is... Uh, and he's, he's still not older. He's still a young... Uh, a young halfback. I don't understand pushing the bear when the bear is wearing a Jets uniform. No, it I makes don't, no sense. Makes no sense whatsoever to me. Yeah, he's still only 27 years old. So, I mean, you're yeah. still going to have an, at least three really productive years out of him. And he took last year off. So, if in theory, he saved up an extra little year of burst there in those legs, uh, you may even get three or four years out of him. You don't know. Yeah, no, I'm I'm absolutely with you. I don't get I don't get this uh making him angry by having anyone like you got to keep that in house. You have to keep that under wraps that you didn't want him on the team because you see you've seen what happens in teams when you know things start to personally implode. I'm looking yeah. at the Steelers right now. Um <laughs> you've got it you've seen what happens when everyone just starts to self-destruct because people aren't being treated with respect or they don't believe they're being treated with respect. Uh, putting yourself in that situation in New York is a bad idea. And if you are the, or if you're the uh, person who's calling the shots, who says we're trading Le'Veon Bell and then Le'Veon Bell puts up an incredible season, I, your ass is on the line and it's very hard to imagine you're going to be able to continue the role that you were playing with that team. Oh, for sure. So if that happens. Then I mean, he's definitely on the hot seat if he's already not on the hot seat just coming in because of all the yeah. media attention surrounding him. So I do agree with what you said earlier. I think best he gets two years out of his tenure there. I don't see him being a long term solution in New York. I still think it, see it working out. Yeah, I mean, we definitely have to find out. We have to see how um, the Jets play. We have to see if. Um, Darnold can rise up to that potential that everyone believes that he has. Um, we Which, have to see. Good. I, I personally don't see. I'm not a big on Sam Darnold as everybody else. I'm not saying he's bad, but I don't look at. I don't view him as a franchise savior like everybody else does. I don't know if I view him as a franchise savior. Um, I don't know if I view a lot of players as a fl- like you. You you gotta you gotta have some sort of a cast around you. To yeah, have that success, if you're if you're that age, I'm not talking about you know the likes of like Tom Brady who can uh, just turn into what turn whatever receiver into an all pro receiver. Um, mm-hmm. But when it comes to like younger players, they need to have that consistency. They need to have um, that like those people that they can rely on and go to yeah. um, in order to make plays. Which I mean, now with Le'Veon Bell, you're good, but I don't know if anybody on that roster that that I would say they were the person that you would want to go to immediately to make that, to make that play that you need. I don't know if they had that before having Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm pulling for Darnold to do well. I don't really want to see anybody fail in the, in the NFL unless they're on the Eagles or the Cowboys or something. Yep. We're talking about (laughs) you, Carson Wentz. 
You can actually do something now. You, you big glass. He's just made of glass. I thought you were going to call him a big glass bitch. <laughs> you big, you big glass. Oh, oh, whoa, Craig, Craig, don't say that. Craig, yeah, stop. Cra yeah, my God, Craig just started losing his mind. Um, my goodness, I, I'm terribly Wait, sorry for everyone at home. What are you saying, Craig? Oh, Craig, whoa. That was Craig. just in poor taste. That was in poor taste. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have talked about him like that, but that's just me. I guess Craig does his own thing. But yeah, I just, <laughs> I just yeah, I think that he does have, he does have uh, Le'Veon Bell around him now, which, which should be good for, um, you know, it's a third and third and whatever situation you need that guy to go to. I think that Le'Veon Bell is going to be that guy because he's proven that he can do it from the backfield. He can do it in a receiver in a receiving fashion. Um, he's he's an all around great player, and I I, I just then, then I hear the well I didn't we didn't really want I didn't really want him. Why? What the fuck's the matter with you? Why? <laughs> so, uh, on the topic of Le'Veon Bell, before we wrap up. Where are you ranking him in terms of running backs in fantasy football now, being a part of the Jets? Fantasy football running backs, I'd say he's he, he was one of those players that I mean at the time you could almost if you're you know, you can almost surefire top three pick, I would think, based on his play. I uh, now with now that he's with the Jets. You have to look at it in two different ways. One, I think that they're going to rely more on the run than um, the Steelers may have had to because they had, you know, the, the they had Roth. Sorry, they had Roethlisberger throwing it to Brown, who could also he could also throw it to Juju Smith Schuster. Um, he had he had like he had weapons. He had weapons he can work with. Um, whereas now Le'Veon Bell's going to do a lot of the running, but they're going they're likely defense is going to be ready for that. So. I would still say top, I would still pick him in, I'd say top seven, top seven. I'd probably go top five. I mean, I, I wanted to say top I five, mean, and then I'm like, let me I just mean, Barkley is ahead of him. Yeah. Uh, I'd put Alvin Kamara in front of him. I put, yeah, but he, listen, Alvin helped me win a championship. I'm not sure if I've mentioned the podcast, but I am, uh, the I'm our league's uh, champion on the one that I, I play in with uh, your other co-host Andrew I, I absolutely mopped the floor with that whole fucking crew <laughs> now I'm the champion um, <sighs> that felt good sorry what I mean, were we even talking about because I don't even <laughs> care <laughs> Barkley Kamara uh, would yeah. you throw McCaffrey ahead of him I would throw McCaffrey ahead of him McCaffrey Which is dude looks essential. like a tank this year <laughs> yeah, he sure does. I don't know what what muscle milk he's been drinking. I was just doing P90X with. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, I would then, put that there. I, mean, I put Zeke above him. Well, Zeke just got in trouble today. I don't know if you saw that. I don't know exactly what. Yeah, happened. Yeah, I did there. see. I did see Zeke get in trouble. Uh, quote pushed unquote someone at a music festival. I wouldn't even say he pushed him. He just kept walking into him until the until it was a security officer, I believe. But he just kept walking into him until the guy fell over. <laughs> I just don't so... like I mean it's funny and it's not like a it's not the it's not a season ending thing or anything, but like if you're an NFL player, why the fuck do you do that? Just chill, dude. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. There's that the time he like ripped rip that girl's titty out. <laughs> yeah. I don't get him. 
He's a weird dude. <laughs> like, I don't get him, and I'm I'm literally just like, there's no reason for acting like an absolute yeah, I mean, but, idiot. Yeah, you could you could make an argument that he goes in front of him, and then depending on Todd Gurley's knee, I guess you can throw him up there. It depends. So yeah, five borderline top five player, I'd still say Bill. Yeah, fantasy. I mean. I, I also am interested in seeing how David Johnson uh, reacts uh, on like on the football field um, when he has uh, a rookie quarterback in Kyler Murray giving it giving yeah. him the ball. Yeah, well, it could be really fun with him because I'm, I'm assuming they're going to do a lot of short passes, screen plays, and dump offs yeah. to really protect him to make the game slow down a little easier for him. So, yeah, David Johnson very well could skyrocket back to a top five running back as well. And, Absolutely. Uh, something you're seeing in fantasy, which you haven't really seen in a long time, is there's actually a plethora of top tier running backs. Um, in years past, it's kind of been like, well, there's like two or three, and then you're screwed. But now it's like, you know, halfway through the first round, depending on the size of your league, you probably still get a top running back. Oh, absolutely. I used to, when in my league, in the league, especially really, my big problem was usual running backs. We do a PPR league, and I would go out of my way to just have, like, uh, just get stacked on receivers. Um, uh-huh. But I never really would have that that running back that I needed to give me those steady points throughout the season. Um, instead of like hoping for huge, uh, huge games from my uh, from my receivers. Now I'm lucky. I was lucky enough to, like we said, I got Alvin Kamara, who is such a dual threat of running the ball and um, catching the ball that he was just lighting up opposing play, uh, sorry, oppo- opposing teams. Um, and that was just wonderful for me. So yeah, I, I, when it comes to, when it comes to halfbacks, you're definitely seeing like this new era of, you know, dual threat halfbacks, which is great for fantasy football. If you're playing in a PPR league, it's fantastic. Sure. For sure. So yeah, I mean, but I, I think that's a good area for us to wrap up our episode. We covered our topics. We dove into a little bit of Titty Grab and Zeke, a little bit of PPR <laughs> fantasy football. Uh, it's a fun time. I mean, this show had everything that you could possibly. So my suggestion to you would be to subscribe to the show on iTunes, or on an Apple Podcasts or uh, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, drop us a like on the Facebook page. Uh, rate and subscribe um you know do all that good stuff so we can keep giving you all these great shows where we get to talk about you know zeke knocking over security guards by just walking over top of them or his infatuation with women's titties yeah (laughs) you get it all (laughs) you get it all thanks everybody for listening i hope you have a great night peace out peace